Section 6 of The Metal Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. The Metal Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. The Deserted Grave by Richard von Volkmann. Translated by Gertrude R. Schottenfels. The churchyard in which the children were wont to play lay high up on the green mountain slope. The village to which it belonged lay so high above the wooded valley that it was often hidden from view by the clouds as one passed by on the blue stream below. The churchyard, however, lay so high above the village that its many black crosses towered up into the very blue of the heavens. It was considerable trouble for the villagers to carry their dead up to the churchyard, for the path was steep and stony, until one reached the grassy meadows where the graves lay. Yet they did it willingly, for the mountain folks cannot live in a valley. A valley seems as dark and narrow to them as a deep cellar would to us. Much less would they bury their dead there. No, indeed. Their dead must be buried high up on the mountain where one can see far out over the land and down into the valley below, where the ships sail past. In one corner of the churchyard was a neglected grave upon which grew only grass and a few wild flowers, which nobody had ever planted, for it belonged to an old bachelor who had left neither wife nor children to look after him. He had come thither from foreign realms. None knew exactly where. Every morning he would climb to the top of the mountain where he would sit for hours. But he had lived only a short time and had been buried in the spot most dear to him. He must have had a name, though none had ever heard it. In the church records his death was registered with three crosses, followed by the words, An old bachelor died on such and such a day of such and such a month in the year of our Lord, so and so all of which was little enough. But the two children whose father was the sexton were extremely fond of this particular grave, probably because they were permitted to play and walk upon it as much as they pleased, while they dared not so much as touch one of the other graves. These were all carefully tended. The grass was always freshly cut and as smooth as velvet. Then there were all kinds of flowers growing on them, which the sexton watered daily with great pains, since he had to carry the water up from the village. There were also wreaths and flowers tied with bright ribbons on many of the graves. One day the children were playing, as usual, in their favorite spot. The little boy was kneeling before the grave, looking with great satisfaction at a hole which he had dug in its side with his little hands. Catherine, he called, our house is finished. I have plastered it with bright-colored pebbles and strewn flower petals over it. Come, I'll be the father and you the mother. Catherine came running. Good morning, father. Good morning, mother, he answered. How are our children this morning? John, exclaimed the little maid, you play far too quickly. I have no children as yet, but I will soon find a few saying which she disappeared among the graves and bushes and soon returned with both hands full of snails 
see father she cried all dimples i have now seven children seven lovely snail children then you would better put them to bed at once as it is already late returned john the little girl plucked some leaves which she laid in the hole placed the snails upon them and covered each one over with a green leaf now you keep still john she called out i must sing the children to sleep and i must do it all by myself the father never helps sing the children to sleep you can go on with your work till i'm through so john went away and catherine sang a lullaby in a sweet little voice but of a sudden one leaf began to stir and a snail stuck its little head out of its shell the little one tapped its head with her finger and said just you wait gustav you are always the naughty one early this morning you would not let me comb your hair will you go to sleep at once then she went on with her singing and sure enough before she was through they were all fast asleep at least they were perfectly quiet john did not return immediately so the little maiden stole away and wandered about the churchyard in search of more snails she gathered a great number in her apron and then returned to the grave where she found john awaiting her father she called to him i have found a hundred more listen wife returned the small boy sensibly a hundred children are a great many indeed we have only one doll plate and a couple of doll forks how in the world are the children going to eat besides no mother ever has one hundred children and there are not one hundred names take them back again no john said the little one a hundred children are very nice indeed i need every one of them just then the sexton's wife appeared with two large slices of bread and butter for it was vesper time and they had had nothing to eat since noon she kissed the children sat them upon the grave and told them not to get butter on their clean clothes so they sat as still as mice and ate their bread and butter now the dead man lying so quietly in his grave below had been listening to it all for the dead can hear every word which is spoken at their graves it recalled the time when he himself had been a child there had been another also a little girl with whom he played then he thought of a later time when he had seen her once again this time a full-grown woman after that he had never heard of her again for he had gone on his own way and indeed it could not have been a very nice way for the more he thought of it and the longer he listened to the innocent prattle of the children the sadder and sadder he grew at last he began to weep and when their mother sat the children on the grave directly over his breast the more and more he wept he tried to stretch forth his arms to clasp them to his heart but could not not a muscle could he move for over him lay six feet of earth and six feet of earth is a heavy weight i assure you especially over one's heart so he cried and cried ever harder and harder even after the mother had taken her children away and put them to bed and what do you think was the end of his tears you will never believe it i am sure but the next morning when the sexton went through the churchyard he found a little spring gushing forth from the deserted grave it was the tears the dead man had shed 
and they bubbled directly out of the little hole which the children had dug for their playhouse. How the sexton rejoiced! No longer would he have to carry water up the steep path from the village. So he made a little channel for the spring, and lined its banks with large confining stones to keep it in its channel. And ever afterwards he watered the graves from the new spring, and the flowers seemed to bloom far brighter and more beautiful than before. He took no pains, however, with the grave from which the water gushed forth, for it was only an old neglected one, about which there was no one to ask. But in spite of this fact, the mountain wildflowers grew more abundantly here than in any other spot, making it fully as beautiful as any other grave. And here the children loved to sit, through the long summer hours, building mill-dams or floating paper boats on the sparkling water. End of the Deserted Grave Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista